At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, folks. No Dave Ross here today. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in with Amal here on VSIN Big Bets. We got a lot to get to in the next hour. Talk a little football contest strategy here, too, because I actually have gotten this question a couple of times that this has come up in conversation, which is like, hey, you know, do you start to look at different sides and try to go a little contrarian? I would say, all at this point of the contest, way too early to do stuff like that. I think you're doing that once you understand where you're at in the standings. And we're talking like week 13, 14, 15, where you're trying to go a little bit more contrarian so you're and about, trying to leap over the You're talking about the masses. millions play. Which is what? You're talking about the circuit millions? Yeah, or which millions or super contests, whatever it is. Right, right. So those similar to picking the numbers. I, I mean, to me, so it's interesting. So I've got a, a very live opportunity in terms of the uh, circa millions for the first quarter standing. Yeah. Um, so I said uh, to my partner, I said, hey, listen, we should take the Sunday and Monday night game. Mm-hmm. And then that way, regardless, we'd pick our three games. And then what happens, depending on how everybody else does, we could potentially hedge those plays itself yeah. to be able to ensure some profitability. Yeah. What's your quarter for those millions is what? The first six weeks, right? First four weeks. First four weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, so you've got one more week here. You're in it, but the difference is you're in a position where it's the week of, essentially. Correct. It's your final week. You're in a position to potentially do it. There has been a lot that, that I know that there's conversation like, hey, week three, what are you thinking of? Are you trying to go more contrarian? I'm like, it's week three. Like, I would not, agree with you. I don't yeah. think you're trying to go against the pack here. You're trying to do that when you're in a position to potentially leap in the standings. Uh, either where you're talking about in a quarter play or a mini contest of some sort or in the grand scheme of things where you're potentially trying to find your way into the money. So right now there's two teams at 15 and 0. Yeah. There's 12 teams and we're one of 12 teams at 14 and 1. Wow, look at you. And so look at me, it doesn't make a difference if you don't win. It's like this, it's like people go, you know, hey, I was one of the finalists for a job interview. I said I, uh, you and the other 399 people got paid the same if you don't get the job. I do like the people who um uh, to pound their chest about, you know what I did in the super contest or what, or the millions? Like, yeah, okay. Listen, listen I, I make no bones about it. I got lucky in a few plays. That's right. it. It's, it's not like uh, we, haven't, we haven't split the atom here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, so we get today's actually usually the day where we start to see some of these contest lines pop up. That'll be later in the day, so we'll get a view on that. So we have the whole NFL board open here. I'll ask you, you take us anywhere you want to go out of all the games on this board for the NFL weekend. Um, top of the list for you in terms of either contest consideration, bets you've already made. Uh, the one for me is the Raiders, and I'm not a big Raiders guy in terms of backing them, and I'm not a Josh McDaniels guy. I don't know when the hell these coaches are going to realize, stop hiring from the Belichick tree. Tom Brady's not coming, neither is Rob Gronkowski. And we see all these coaches that failed elsewhere. But I just think when you look at a couple of factors, 
an 0-3 team, an air of desperation sets in, and I mm-hmm. thought that's why Tennessee was in a good spot at home last week against the Raiders. I think there's a good opportunity for the Raiders in this particular game against the Broncos. The one thing I would say, JBT, and this is my concern if you're looking at betting this one later on, we're only at Wednesday. I believe this line will get to three by the time we kick off on Sunday or later in this week. So that's something, if you're going to take the Raiders, I would back them now. Yeah, my concern would be uh, the the injury report for the Raiders has been pretty lengthy over sure. the last couple of weeks. Uh, Trayvon Morig along the offensive line, they've been they've been uh, missing some guys as well. Uh, Denzel Perryman has reached uh, missed each of the last two weeks too. So that would be my top concern for the Raiders. Are they going to be fully healthy? Especially like when you're talking about them at key positions. Well, offensive line is not deep, so you want to make sure that you have your starting center out there and they're going to be fully healthy. Linebacker is not overly deep. You want to make sure Denzel Perryman is going to be available for you, and defensive back as well. You want to make sure Morig's going to be healthy too. Yeah, Trayvon being out is a big blow for this team. We were talking about TCU earlier. He played at TCU. Uh, you know, to me, you look at this team, you mentioned the lack of depth on the offensive line. Hell, this thing is like a baby pool out there. I mean, they, they, they don't, their offensive line is horrific. Yeah. This is, to me, the biggest issue with this team. But I still think, even though Denver looked good against the 49ers, I, I just look at Denver, who they played so far, Seattle, Houston, and San Francisco. None of these teams have the offensive firepower of a uh, fully healthy Raiders team. Even a little bit of a decimated Raiders team, I think it offensively is better than the previous three foes that they've faced off against. Now, defensively, I can make the argument San Francisco obviously is better than any of the other teams that they're going to be facing off against from a defense standpoint for Denver. So. Good opportunity here for both these offenses to get on track a little bit. So let's talk about San Francisco really quickly. I want to get your thoughts on this because I haven't really been able to pick anybody's brain on it. I have made my opinion known, uh, but I have not gotten any feedback on it. So we see San Francisco. I'll take you back. Let's go back to the beginning of all. So before the season starts, San Francisco is a team with a win total of 10, 10 and a half. Yep. A team that is percentage points behind the Rams in terms of winning the NFC West. And a team that was uh, just under um, 20 to 1, or I guess you call it over in terms of the odds, 20 to 1 to win a Super Bowl at some spots. A a very highly rated team. They lose in the monsoon to Chicago. Trey Lance kind of scuffles through the first five quarters of play before he gets injured. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, and all of a sudden, Garoppolo's an upgrade over Trey Lance. A team that was highly rated. All of a sudden, the back of the quarterback is an upgrade over the starting quarterback of that team, and we see what happens, right? Market maybe gets a little overzealous. They close as a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. They lose by one to the Denver Broncos. Now they're taking on the Rams. I, I very much think that I want to continue my process of kind of potentially going against San Francisco because I put it this way. If I were to tell you a quarterback who was 19th in terms of being rated as a passer and committed the second most turnover where he plays a year ago was considered an upgrade, I think a lot of people will tell you you're crazy. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I love the assessment you gave from a statistical standpoint on Jimmy G. I've never been high on this guy. People would say, oh, he's, look, I agree he's an upgrade over Trey Lance, but Trey Lance should, have been, should not have been the starting quarterback. Mm. Uh, to me, I think Garoppolo's just a guy. The thing when I look at this 49ers team, and I know statistically Shanahan's won a lot more games with Garoppolo, but I think there's about 15 game managers you can put in San Francisco. They're going to win. They've got an elite defense, but here's the concern I have for the 49ers in this matchup, JVT. Trent Williams on the offensive line, he's out with an ankle injury. We saw Mm -hmm. him leave the field against the um, Broncos when he got hurt on the play where uh, Garoppolo decided to take the safety. You're without Elijah Mitchell, who I think Mitchell is a tremendous running back. Remember last year in the National Football League, he was fourth in most carries from scrimmage of over 10 yards. He's been tremendous. Eric Armstead missed uh, missed the game last week. He's a guy who had not missed any time previously. Um, Armstead's questionable in this game. There's some concerns with this team right now. Uh, the Rams, I know they've had their number in five out of the six games, or five out of their last six games against the Rams, but... I think this is a great opportunity for the L.A. Rams to put them put some separation in division game against a team that seems to be trending a little bit in the wrong direction for me right now. Uh, I, I'm just not a believer in this 49ers team. I think they got immense talent. If you take away the quarterback position, JVT, I would make an argument that San Francisco is 1-2 or 3 in the National Football League in terms of talent. George Kittle is a 1A or 1B at his position. Devo Samuel is the best offensive weapon in the National Football League. Yeah, and I think the Rams, they started to kind of find their flow. Like The, the Stafford had his best game of the season against the Cardinals. Yes, they only scored 20 points, but didn't commit a turnover with the play. Um, didn't throw a touchdown, but still completed 72% of his passes, 10 yards per attempt. The offense is starting to find its flow a little bit, too, if you're the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm just... I, the the market's relationship for San Francisco is pretty fascinating because a Super Bowl contender with its backup quarterback is better than the season before uh, before the preseason rating. Yeah. I just find that really interesting from that standpoint uh, when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. But don't you look at the NFC and 
I, I have to be honest with you. I was completely wrong on Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. They're far better than I thought they were going to be, especially Hurts. But I look at the NFC, whether it's Green Bay, Tampa, the Rams, and throw in the San Francisco 49ers, and you can include Minnesota as well if you want. I just don't look at any of these teams as being overwhelming. So I think you have to give the 49ers consideration based on those teams. I left out Dallas because Dak isn't back yet, but I, I'm just not overly impressed. I think you can make a case that when we get to the NFC Championship game, you could throw those six names into a hat and any of those two can emerge. I, I would agree with that, but that also means that I don't have to rate them, though, amongst the other teams that may be coming out of the AFC, right? Like That, that would be my, my quibble with it. Like Because the conference you're in is relatively weak, doesn't mean I should rate you amongst some of the other teams in the top, like Kansas City, Buffalo, et cetera. I completely agree with that. I would not put them in the same area yeah. code as those teams right now. But I think in the AFC, excuse me, in the NFC, it would not shock me at all right. if anybody emerged. Like in the AFC, I look at it. I, and- I'm not having, I haven't quit on my thought about the Vikings. I think the Vikings are a really good team, to your point. And like all these teams muddled up with each other and coming out of the NFC. I, I think Minnesota's a solid team. I have some concerns about them. You look at the Philly Ooh, game watch defensively. Yourself, watch yourself. Go ahead. No, I'm just I, I know that I, the, I thought I was talking about the Colts. I had to catch myself. Uh, but, you know, the reality of it is when you look at this Minnesota team, uh, Philly was able to outplay them and outscheme them, it seemed like, throughout the entirety of the game. Detroit was the better football team for about three, three and a half quarters in that game. I just have some concerns with the Minnesota team, and not to mention the two quarters in the second half that they struggled against Green Bay. So, I, I have to see what this team can do from a consistency standpoint, but I get where you're coming from. And by the way, Jefferson. Where did he I, go the last two games? Well, you, Jeff, Jeff Akuda did a nice job on him in the last well, game. That's what I'm saying. I mean, look, if you're going to be a, a transcendent talent, yes. Darius Slay and Jeff Okuda are solid corners. Darius Slay better than Okuda. You shouldn't get held to the numbers that you have been over the last two games. Hey, give my guy Akuda some time, man. He's been injured the first two okay. years. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a an top, Ohio State guy. Huh? He's, yeah, a, that's he's a forgot. top three yeah. pick. Yeah, he's a top three pick. Uh, <laughs> by, I don't know. Uh, he's anyway. big time coming out. It, it, the point with the, with the Jefferson, though, is like, and, you know, that's a great jumping off point to this early game that we're going to get on Sunday. That's the London game. Dalvin Cook has a history of shoulder issues. Mm-hmm. He's got a shoulder injury that he's dealing with. All reports indicate that he's going to be available, but that's somewhat worrisome when you have continuous injuries in the same area of your body. So we'll see if that's going to be a little bit of a drop-off there. And you have some guys defensively that you're worried about, too, in your defensive backfield uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, but they are up to a two-and-a-half-point favorite against New Orleans. Yeah, and also the Saints right now, Jameis banged up. You mentioned he missed practice today. You could see his back impacting in that game against Carolina. Uh, Michael Thomas dealing with a toe injury. Jarvis Landry banged up as well. By the way, I did not think Chris Olave was going to be that good. Boy, he has impressed me so far. I, I, I completely missed on him. But the one thing I would ask you real quick, a little bit off topic, to me, I get everyone points to Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt for the Browns as the best one-two combo in the NFL. I love Alexander Madison, mm-hmm. and and along with Dalvin Cook, when these guys are healthy, I feel like they're as good of a running back combo as there is in the league. Yeah, I will. I would. I would agree with that. I am surprised that the skew in terms of like snaps played is not a little bit more even. Yeah. Like Chubb and Kareem Hunt probably play a little bit more evenly in terms of their snap distributions uh, as opposed to those two. Madison's like a true backup, it seems. Yeah. But he's got a lot of talent. He really does. All right, we'll come back. By the way, Minneapolis, uh, we, uh, I was going to say Minneapolis. We did see that uh, Jameis Winston was reported about 20, 30 minutes ago. He is going to play this weekend. Got a rest day, but he is going to be available against the Minnesota Vikings out there in London. All right, we'll take our break here. We have plenty left to get to in the world of college football. We still have those adjusted win totals as well in the NFL. There's plenty of conversation to be had in the world of football. That's going to be here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, folks, guess what? The NHL season is right around the corner. We're talking a week from Friday. The puck drops. VSIN hockey season prep guide is going to be available soon. Strategies and best bets galore for the season ahead. Going to get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts. That includes the best of the bunch, Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips. I think there should be point totals. Season-long trends to watch, plus three things for every new NHL better. The guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Again, I will say, when you sign up for the package that gets you through the Super Bowl and all, it includes everything we do. Everything. NHL, college hoops, NBA, everything. By the way, you got a future in late night infomercials. I like the sales pitch. I'm a sales guy. That's what I do, man. Don Don LaPree's got nothing on you. I'm a team player. If the Amal Shaw betting guide would be coming out, damn skippy. I'd read that whole thing and then tell you all about it so I could get you to buy a couple. I would. I promise. All right. Is that coming out anytime soon? I can't write, so that's why. Okay. All right. Good. Thank God. All right. (laughs) Let's talk a couple other things uh, when it comes to the National Football League. I know we have uh, adjusted win totals and whatnot. I wanted to hit on a couple of more from a game perspective to get your thoughts on before we move on uh, to some bigger picture things when it came to the the NFL. The first of which is, what do you do when you're looking at a matchup between Buffalo and Baltimore? So Baltimore at home, a three-point underdog, total of 51.5 for 52. This total has come down from 55. I think when you look at this, there's a couple ways to look at it. One, we obviously know the status of the secondary for the Buffalo Bills when it comes to the injuries that they have dealt with up to this point. Baltimore has been an interesting team because the offense at times has looked really explosive and dominant. But the defense at times has looked a little eh, lackluster. We saw explosive plays for Devontae Parker and the New England Patriots. We saw that fourth quarter against the Miami Dolphins. I, I, my tendency, I had the Ravens in the contest last week. My tendency is to look at Baltimore here catching three. I'm not entirely sold on it, though, because I, like, I, part of me wants to go against the Bills. Not consistently, not that I think they're bad. I think they're a tinge overvalued by the betting market. Fair. We saw a little bit of that against the Dolphins last weekend. Like a full three for a respectable Baltimore team, even with the injuries along the offensive line, and that's the big key here. I, I am tempted by Baltimore, but I haven't gotten all the way there yet. I hear everything you're saying. Look, I picked the Ravens before the season to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think the one thing that I would push back on Buffalo right now is I, I, do, I think they're a tremendous team, and I think they've got a great opportunity to have home field advantage throughout the postseason. But I look at that injury list right now. Yeah. Micah Hyde done for the season. Jordan Poirier questionable in this game uh, coming into this matchup. Ed Oliver, he's questionable as well. You need him to be able to stop the run against a Ravens team that wants to run the football. The other thing is I think that's gone a little bit overlooked was the Stephon Diggs injury. He's been banged up, and you could see that have an impact on this team offensively. Let me tell you right now, you're never throwing the ball to Isaiah McKenzie in the two-minute drill ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, though, Ronnie Stanley banged up. He's questionable in this game for the Buffalo Bills. Um, excuse me, for the Baltimore Ravens. 
I, I look at this number. It's right where it should be, I think, at this point in time. I'm going to stay off of this game. Uh, but Lamar has been outstanding, and this is a team that's very dangerous at home. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game for either side here. But I think it's a little bit more of an important game for Baltimore because you need the home field advantage, I feel, more though, more so than Buffalo does in the postseason. Yeah, and looking at the injuries for Buffalo, uh, the good news is that you mentioned Jordan Poyer and Ed Oliver, both uh, limited in practice uh, just today, so that's going to be something worth monitoring. Generally, when you're limited in practice, it's pretty good news for your availability yeah. coming into the week, so that's going to be something uh, for them. Offensive linemen, though, Ryan Bates, Deion Dawkins, uh, that's going to be something to monitor, too, because we're talking about concussion protocol and a non-COVID illness, if they're going to be available for Buffalo. So I, I don't know really what to do yet. And uh, Look, I think the one thing that's going to be pretty fascinating that Buffalo has been able to do through these first few games is the ability to pressure opposing quarterbacks without having to blitz. And if you can do that to Lamar Jackson, pressure him with your down four guys, drop a bunch of guys in coverage, force him to make decisions, operate as a true passer, contain him as a runner, I think that's going to be one of the things that kind of will be able to limit the explosiveness of Lamar in terms of his athleticism. I would agree with you there. The other thing, though, is when you look at so far, Buffalo has played uh, Matthew Stafford, Tannehill, and Tua. And I think these guys – Stafford's pretty good when he's, when he's mobile in terms of throwing the football. But uh, at times, Tannehill, he, he throws some worm burners when he gets outside the pocket. And yeah. Tua's a guy – he's got to stay in that pocket, it seems like, at times. But I think Lamar – I think he's a far more effective passer when he's on the move. Uh, he can be really dangerous in that particular spot. But what I wanted to ask you about is this Buffalo running game. When you look at this Bills team outside of Josh Allen running the football, James Cook had that early fumble against the Rams. It seems like it kind of set him back mm -hmm. in terms of how much they have confidence in him. Do you believe in this team running the ball enough with Zach Moss or Devin Singletary to where it's impactful? Or is this team going to end up being one of those teams where they're so reliant on Josh Allen potentially with his legs and then, of course, him throwing the ball? Yeah, I, th I don't think they're going to be a great running team. I think if you look at some of the numbers, too, uh, right now, dead last in adjusted line yards per carry. It's one metric to evaluate how good your offensive line is run blocking. Uh, some other spots, too. I mean, they're bottom 20s in a lot of these key rushing categories, too, the football outsiders tracks. They're not going to be a good running attack. But here's the thing. You can scheme up your offense to a point where you like you can get a running game out of short passes behind the line of scrimmage, things like that. Get your guys out in space. When you're, what I'd be interested in is when they have some of these leads, can they hold on to them? Right. That's when I think it starts to come into play. I think executing their offense as a whole, it won't be a big problem. But when you're a team that's as explosive as they are, they're going to build leads. Can you hold on to those leads because you can't really drain the clock if you're not really running the ball effectively? And I think that's the big question for. I think it's a really good point. I think it's something you're going to need to be able to do, especially when you put that four-minute offense out there to be able to, you know, to ice a game. All right, last uh, last of you want to throw at you because it is uh, coming up tomorrow. Do you have anything in Cincinnati, Miami? We talk about injuries. Uh, the injury report for these Miami Dolphins is pretty lengthy when it comes to what we're looking at here for Miami and the potential absences that they are going to face. Uh, included among those is Tua Tagovailoa. Although uh, the reports are, if you read between the lines, that he should be available to yeah. go here. For the Dolphins, but still, we're talking about, among others, Damian Howard on this injury list for Miami, and I think it's a big reason why we've seen this number shoot up to where it's at with Bengals minus four. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, th there's just a plethora of guys right now. Teron Armstead as well on, on that yep. list there. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, Cedric Wilson banged up. This team is really right now uh, Raquan Davis as well. It, it's just a mash. You know, I think it's going to be a challenge for them. Quick turnaround. I think this is a bad spot for them. You remember last year? when the Ravens beat Minnesota in overtime and then they had to go on the road to Miami and lost the Thursday night game. Yeah. This kind of feels similar to that. I know that Baltimore had to go to overtime in that game. This is one where Miami has a big win over a division foe in Buffalo. Now you've got to go on the road to Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow and company uh, offensively, they did pretty well for the most part in the first half, especially against the jets, different challenge here. Miami with a far better defense than the jets, but I still think it's going to be a tough game for Miami on the road here. Uh, I will tell you one thing, though. If you are the Dolphins, this is an important game because I forget the division winners. You have an opportunity to really put a team like Cincinnati behind the eight ball if you can win this game. They're sitting at one and three, and I look at one of those. They're one of the nine teams that I would consider a potential threat in the AFC. I'm not saying they get back to a Super Bowl again, but they're a threat, and now you have a chance to really put them in a tough spot. And one of the things that I can't wait to watch, the, the Dolphins have been super blitz happy early in the season. They've been blitzing quite a bit their first three games, and uh, Joe Burrow in this offense, the one thing that we expected them to be better at was pass protection. Hasn't really shown up through the first few weeks despite the improvements that they made along the offensive line. 
The interesting part about that, though, is Burrow was one of the best quarterbacks against the Blitz last year. So how that kind of balances itself out. Because if you go back to some of the, the uh, Baltimore games that he played last year, he tore Baltimore a new one, especially one of those games late. Yes. I think it was like 13, uh, week 13 or so, because they blitzed him consistently, and Burrow was absolutely fantastic against the Blitz. And there's a lot of these quarterbacks who can really do that, carve you up in terms of the Blitz. You're starting to see some teams – Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford kind of refused to blitz him. I wonder if Burrow's kind of gotten that respect yet here. Yeah, you mentioned that was the game where Jamar Chase had the big 75-yard touchdown against the Ravens. And this would be interesting to see how this one plays out. Lyle Collins banged up on the offensive line here for the Bengals as well, along with um, you've got DJ Reader who's out. Uh, This is So both these teams not necessarily in the best of health, but I have to tell you, this goes back to the preseason. I think this lack of guys playing and practicing has had a profound impact the last couple of years. That's why. I mean, the, the injury list for Miami looks like we're in week 14. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you think that their bodies essentially aren't hardened and ready to go, why these injuries are starting to pile up a little bit for some of these teams? It just seems like if you look over the last several years where teams have just said, hey, we're going to forego the preseason, mm-hmm. uh, I, it seems to be a factor. I can't necessarily say that's the, uh, uh, the definitive reason. But it just feels like an underlying reason. Yeah. I mean, we are seeing quite a few teams uh, with a long and lengthy injury report on a consistent week-to-week basis. Uh, the Ravens are one of those teams, too, that's been there. The Patriots have been starting to rack up injuries, too, at least in terms of their injury list. Although, uh, Bill Belichick likes to play some games, though, and just puts guys on there as questionable. I, to me, when you're, playing, when you're playing New England, you should put the entire team, including the general manager, on there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Last one. Last minute here. Uh, just very quickly, did you believe in the, the Colts uh, win over the Chiefs? Because I think there's a lot of things to point to that that was a somewhat fraudulent victory. I would agree with you. Very fortunate. By the way, I believe if one player was in that game for Kansas City, the game's a different result, and that's Harrison Butker. Yeah. If he plays, I think yep. the, the Chiefs walk out of there with a victory, and I think this team would be steering a tough scenario. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I have the Titans to win this division, and I, I want them to win this one, but I don't think they're going to. I think the Colts get the W at home. All right, we have more college football to get to. What if I told you that a team that fired its offensive coordinator and had its starting quarterback hit the transfer portal within two days of each other was a six-point favorite against a conference rival? We will discuss that and a little bit more as we look at some of the cards a little bit deeper in college football coming up this weekend here on VEASAN Big Bets. Big bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back, folks. A reminder for all of you out there, by the way, who are uh, big Guinness fans, watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com/slash Guinness, set your lineup, and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness. Made of more terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So I mentioned a team, Amal, fires their offensive coordinator, starting quarterback hits the transfer portal two days later, and yet they're a six-point favorite in their matchup this weekend in college football. That would be the Boise State Broncos who are playing host to San Diego State. This uh, Actually, I think it's a Friday game, if I remember Friday, correctly. Friday yeah, it's night. a Friday game out there in the uh, Mountain West Conference. It's going to be pretty fascinating uh, to see, and I'll be interested – to see what the market does here. We've come off of the six and a half. It's kind of floating around six there, but that's going to be something to monitor because I don't think I'm just going to go out on a limb that the Broncos are in the best situation given the uh, upheaval along their staff and in their quarterback room. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They make a change at offensive coordinator, and then now Taylor Green's going to take over under center for this team. I like his mobility. I was never a Hank Bachmeyer fan. He go, I saw his comment. He entered the portal because he wants to go somewhere where it gives him an opportunity to play and get ready for the NFL. Is he looking to coach? He's not going to be there as a player. Right. I, mean, I, got, I need an opportunity to start. I'm going to leave the place that I started for the last three and a half years. Yeah, I'm sure people are looking for scrubs like Bachmeyer. <laughs> Scrub is strong. Scrub. You, and, you and humans can be so mean sometimes. I won't call these kids names. I, that's, it's nice of you. I appreciate you taking the high road. But let me tell you something. It's kind of like the old Nick DiPaolo line. It, trust me, there's certain words you've said if you've made bets. <laughs> that's, well, that's very true. Although, nah, never mind. I was going to tell a story about maybe – Decent hosts cursing at college children live at basketball games, but I'm not going to do that. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Mom knows what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. I, I know who you're referring to. So, and, and I took six and a half with San Diego State. I think they're in a pretty much a pretty solid spot here. And it figures to be a kind of low-scoring game here. 39 is the total. It's going to be a pretty ugly game out there, the Smurf turf. So, expect that the Aztecs are going to be relatively live here. Uh, that leads us into, can we do our pro tip here, Santos? Because it leads us into the rest of some of these college football games. We were talking with uh, Steve Mackinan earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, you brought this point up. And it's I think it's a somewhat fairly obvious point when you look at like handicapping teams that are kind of flying under the radar in college football. Teams like Ohio State win straight up more often than not. Market's going to overvalue them. Uh, you can look to go against those teams sometimes, but I think for the most part, you're looking at some of these lower-tiered teams that have been putting forward good statistical outputs and haven't really been caught on to by the betting market. Kansas is one of those, right? Kansas, I think, is a really good example of that. Yeah, I would agree with you there. This Jayhawks team has been tremendous. Um, They've done a nice job. They continue to be a covering machine so far. I think they're 4-0 ATS, yep. right? They covered by a point against, against Duke, Duke over yeah. the weekend. They you know what? I don't know if you saw that game. They were far more oh, dominant. <laughs> they were far more dominant than that final score. Oh, they had their first goal. Their first drive, they went fourth and goal from yeah. the one. They got turned away. Uh, I think they turned. Did they turn it over they, in Duke they territory as well? Yep. Yes, yeah, exactly. So like that, that could have been a lot uglier and more lopsided than the final score indicated. Leopold's done a great job. Their offense is really freaking good, man. Um, I have to tell you what, it's not only the coaching, but uh, Jalen Daniels has been tremendous. I think yep. his mobility just gives you such an opportunity in terms of what they can do. Um, you know, to me, uh, I, I think this is a team you got to pay attention to in the Big 12. they got an interesting matchup against Iowa State this weekend. So a couple of other games uh, to hit you at. Again, I talk situationally here. I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and outs of Middle Tennessee State's roster, uh, but they are a 4.4.5 point underdog at home against Texas San Antonio what do you look at when you talk about a team like Middle Tennessee after they pulled off what they did against Miami? And, like, that wasn't even, like, an upset. They, they won that game going away. It was incredible to watch that. But this has been the problem with Miami for a number of years now. This is, I'm not just talking about Mario Cristobal. I'm talking about in general. This is a Miami team that has games along the way. They just absolutely lay an egg, and they did that in this matchup here against Middle Tennessee. This Middle Tennessee, the, the Blue Raiders have been very good, off to a 3-1 and one start so far. Um, I, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup that they've got coming up here uh, this weekend against UTSA. I was a little bit surprised to see the Roadrunners as a favorite in this one, JBT, mm-hmm. because I think the loss of uh, Sincere McCormick from last year's team in terms of running the ball has had an impact on Frank Harris in terms of his throwing ability. Um, I, I like the Blue Raiders here, not because they're coming off that win against Miami. I just don't think that UTSA should be laying points here in this particular spot on the road. And you do, like, if you look at some of the numbers from a uh, – analytic standpoint, you can quibble with who their opponents have been up to this point, Middle Tennessee, but still a top 10 run defense statistically uh, when it comes to their defense. I think right now I've got them at uh, eighth against the run in terms of EPA numbers. And you're talking about James Madison, who actually beat the crap out of them. Right. Uh, Colorado State, Middle Tennessee State, and Miami. And Miami dropped 31, but they've still done a relatively solid job against the run against some like-rated opponents. Two under coming back at home. I feel like the market's kind of fading them because of the spot. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Middle Tennessee. But it, it is a pretty fascinating situation given the way they won that game. And the market opened a little too high on them, and now we're back down to that four spot. And that's more for me when I'm looking at a game like that at all. I don't know about the intricacies of the matchup. I just wonder how kids like that respond after winning those games. And I do wonder going forward for a team like Miami. We're not going to see them this week. Yeah. But Mario Cristobal is not a guy who adds wins on the margins, as I've said before, right? <laughs> He's not a dude who's going to make decisions that ultimately put his team in a better position than most. And this offense, people are going to remember this Middle Tennessee game. They stunk in the first half against Southern Miss. They had to come back with a stronger second half against Southern Miss to get away from them and pull away. Their offense was atrocious, and the game managing was terrible against the Texas A&M team that doesn't really have much in that game, and they failed to cover. Like I, I, this team, from a profile standpoint, if you look at the roster, is really good, but. I don't know if they're very well coached in that regard, and I think that is going to cause them to be a relatively poor team against the spread as we kind of move forward. I completely agree with you. I never believed in this Miami team coming into the season. I understand the hype around it. Yeah, you got Mario Cristobal, one of their own, coming back down to South Florida, but to me, when I look at this team, Tyler Van Dyke, fine, no problem. I get it. He's a solid quarterback. But the rest of the pieces on this team just don't necessarily overwhelm. You mentioned A&M. I think A&M is the most fraudulent 3-1 and team in college football. Uh, I mean, they me, have been kind of getting away with murder here. Uh, the the win over Arkansas was it, it was a win. We'll put it that way. 
let's put it this way. If you had Texas A&M, you were on the lucky side. If you were on uh, – And the, the the Arkansas side was a very popular side. I know you had well, – did you have it in the last man standing? You I mentioned did. Off the air? Yeah, but it was plus point and a half. There was a lot of people who had like – and it's not like a big price, but like Arkansas money line, Arkansas plus the points. Razorbacks were a very popular play. But here's the thing with Arkansas, and this is my one criticism, and I think Sam Pittman's a terrific coach – Arkansas turns the ball over there, first and goal at the three-yard line with K.J. Jefferson up 14-7 with about three and change mm-hmm. to go in the first half. Why did they look like they lost the football game on that play? You still had a one-point lead going in the locker room. You still had an opportunity to win the game. A bad snap pushes you further back out of field goal range, and um, kicker's name eludes me right now, but last year he had made 15 out of 17 under 50 yards. Yeah. I mean, this team was really good in terms of the special teams. Uh, Cam Little. Is Cam that Little. And by the way, that's the first kick I've ever seen in my entire life that hit the top of the field goal post. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Yeah. So, all right, well, then that's natural. Let's look at both of those teams. First mm-hmm. off, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, big matchup against Alabama. Alabama has not been the best road team in the last couple of seasons, right? Correct. Um, so now we look at this matchup on the road against Arkansas. A team that I think from a at least physical standpoint from their offensive line can I think match up pretty well up front with Alabama's front seven. But the flip side of this is not only has Alabama been okay, not great on the road, their offensive line has shown a few cracks, I think, especially when you look at the Texas game and how much that kind of hindered their offense in terms of execution. They're a 17.5, 18-point favorite on the road against Arkansas. How did the Razorbacks bounce back after a loss like that in Jerry World? Yeah, last year, tight, tough game, 42-35 Crimson Tide win nope. this game. And you brought up a lot of good points. First, I want to start with the Crimson Tide. The one question mark I had coming into the season with this team was the offensive line. They have not played like an elite Alabama offensive line. I know they've put up points against UL Monroe and Utah State, among other teams. But we saw in that Texas game, that Texas front seven really had their way with this Crimson Tide team until the final drive. And Ryan Watts just missed that one sack that could have been the difference in winning or losing that football game. So that's where Alabama's got an opportunity against a Texas, uh, excuse me, against an uh, Razorback team that had been leading the nation in sacks coming into the A&M game. But the back is where the problem persists for Sam Pittman's team. They're just not good against the pass. They were horrific. They were dead last coming into that game against Texas A&M. This is where the rubber meets the road for them defensively. And then on the flip side, I think the Alabama defense is elite. I think they're as good as anybody in college football. But KJ Jefferson's got to throw the ball with more accuracy. And then when he runs, he's got to be much more authoritative when he's running the football. He seems a little bit passive to me. You've got to get Sanders going. I thought they got away from him a little bit too early in that game against uh, A&M. They've got to play the ball on the ground. They've got to control some clock. You've got to keep Bryce Young on the sideline. But to the point that I thought you brought up that was really good was when you look at the Crimson Tide, their last couple of games on the road, last couple of, especially last year, yep. against uh, Auburn, they win by two in quadruple overtime. overtime. Quadruple overtime. Exactly. Quadruple overtime, yep. Yeah. And then against um, against Mississippi State, they blew them out. But at Kyle Field, they lose that game by three points. At Florida, they win by two points. Remember, they had to turn away Florida on a two-point conversion. Exactly. Yep, at the end of that game. Yeah, and uh, Tank Bigsby doesn't go out of bounds in, in Jordan Hare. Yep. Auburn probably wins that football game. So Alabama's not been great. I wouldn't lay the points here. I would be more apt to take Arkansas on the 17-and-a-half in this one. All right, we'll save your, uh, your analysis because Texas A&M, as we mentioned, uh, does have a pretty interesting spot. They're going to hit the road to take on Mississippi State. A uh, Mississippi State team that's getting off to its own uh, really solid start. And defensively, I think the Bulldogs have been a little bit better than I expected them to be. I'll just say this. Yeah. I love the Cowbells. We'll get into it. Okay. All right. Mississippi State up to a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total's been dropped down from 46-and-a-half to 45. So we'll get them all thoughts on that. A couple of the other uh, college football games that we have on the radar coming up this weekend. And uh, I'm going to find out how excited Amal is to watch Aaron Judge get walked like four times. I know he's been super excited about that and tracking it as much as possible. Hey, remember, too, by the way, vcin.com. Check that out. we got a lot of stuff up there, including our pro tips. we got a, really just a slate of pro tips that are absolutely fantastic for you to check out as a better. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. 
The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wrapping it up, remember, Bet Rivers is your go to sports book for every line, boost, and special. Place up for week four of Bet Rivers Parlay and Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday. All season long, build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to 25 bucks. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in today for one Dave Ross. I'm all Shaw along as well. Uh, Dave will be back tomorrow, so everything gets back to normal. You can go to your flow and Sorry for ruining everything, Amal. I know that you've been very upset that I've been here this whole time. So Complete lies. I know you're upset about some other stuff, though. <laughs> you and I were talking about this off the air, a non-betting thing very quickly, although it's kind of a betting thing. I don't need the live cut-ins of Aaron Judge, especially oh on, a col- God, on a college dude. football Saturday where I'm watching my Clemson minus seven bet go up in flames because their secondary can't cover anything and continues to get you – know, I want to watch that in anger on a full screen – I don't need live cut-ins of Aaron Judge taking pitches outside of the zone and eventually getting walked. Well, to your point, I, we missed an opportunity to see uh, Sean McDonough be even more condescending. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I don't want to miss that. But also, I thought it was arguably the best game of the day on Saturday. It was awesome. It was it, a great game. And you're cutting in for a baseball game to see one potential home run that we're going to see every replay of the remainder of the weekend, the rest of the year. Come on, give me a break. Oh, my God. It, it was just so ridiculous. Yeah, it was, and that's actually that's a great shout by you because despite the fact that I was on the wrong side, uh, that was a freaking awesome game. It was. Hartman and the Demon Deacons were fantastic. And um, it was weird the way that Clawson handled the end of regulation. Like, just kind of running and letting the clock bleed out. Like, go for the win, man. Your passing attack has been killing them. I, I, a couple things I want to ask you real quick. I think uh, in the ACC, Wake Forest has the best offense. Yeah. Are you a buyer or a believer in DJ Uyunglele? I was on a show this week, and they were talking about DJ, and I was like, he's not that good. That second touchdown pass should have been intercepted. Here's the thing. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm going to actually – I'll pull up the numbers. And this is, again, it's, I always say it's only one site, but still it's uh, their PFF numbers, so we'll see if it kind of backs me up here. Yeah. I thought there were about three or four throws – that he left on the field where he's throwing up so his guys have to go up to get it as opposed to throwing so they can catch it in stride, right. make a bigger play shorter, throwing guys uh, incomplete or down essentially with the ball placement. Like he was better than he has been, but there were, I thought, at least three or four throws that he made in that game against Wake Forest that cut big plays in half or he got lucky on because of the ball placement. Great point. I thought there was a deep throw where the defender was able to catch up 
Yeah. It could have gone to the house had it been a little bit more accurate throw. And I, I look, I think Clemson is still elite defensively. I know they didn't show it, but I think Sam Hartman and company are going to absolutely just decimate the vast majority of defenses they face off against. Well, and let's be fair, too. I mean, Clemson was dealing they, – they had, I think, one one DB go down for sure mm-hmm. in that game, and I think they're a little dinged up on that end, so we'll see if that's going to be the case. Well, naturally, that leads me to one of the bigger games I want to get your thoughts on because when the season – before the season began, I think a lot of us circled – Clemson NC State yep. as a game in which Clemson was potentially going to be on alert against a Wolfpack team that is very well coached or expected to be one of the better defensive teams uh, in football at this point right now. And um, one that got the best of them a year ago. So what do you make of this spot here? Because this is under that touchdown mark. Clemson is a six and a half point favorite in this game against NC State. Look, I've got a Clemson season win total on the over. I've got Clemson to win the ACC, so I'm going to stick with the Tigers here. Devin Leary's got to play well if they're going to have a chance here. I think the one thing that concerned me was they struggled a little bit in the one game that I I, I thought, you know, okay, ECU was on the road. I thought going to Dowdy Ficklin would be kind of difficult. But in this game against Texas Tech, I was not impressed with the Wolfpack. Now you've got a revenge spot for the Tigers at home in a night game. Tough place to play. I think Clemson will play better defensively. I don't think NC State can put as much pressure on you the way Wake Forest can from an offensive standpoint. And I think the one thing we got to see consistently from this Clemson team, you got to block, got to get Will Shipley some holes. I think they're a little bit more of a complete team than anyone they've faced so far. I like the Tigers here to cover six and a half. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how DJ um, responds coming off of, I would say, best game of his career as a passer. I don't think there's really any questions statistically. Statistically, North, yes, yeah. I had to point to the Notre, the Notre Dame, Dame game, game was yeah. pretty good for him too. Yeah, but I think that was especially given the narrative around him, right. arguably his best game as a passer. Uh, but this has been the strength of NC State because the disappointing part about the Wolfpack is I thought their passing attack was going to be a little bit more dynamic. In this case, uh, through this portion of the season, has not. And if you're going to go, you mentioned the East Carolina game. That let's be honest, you probably should have lost if the special right. teams if the special teams issues don't pop up for East Carolina at yeah. home in that game. Great you're losing point. that contest. You're 60th right now in EPA per play in your passing attack. Clemson's secondary, we'll see what the health issues are. I don't think you're going to be able to do the same thing that Wake Forest did, though, and exploiting that and getting chunk plays like they did. So I wonder how much this, to your point, kind of looking at Clemson here, I wonder what NC State is going to be able to do offensively because I kind of believe in them defensively to keep themselves in this game. I just wonder if they're going to be able to score with consistency. I agree with everything you just said there, and I think the concern you have from the Wolfpack standpoint is their inability to run the ball consistently against an elite run defense. Now, if you've got to sit there and rely on the passing game and go one-dimensional against this Tigers team, as Dabo likes to say, them boys are in trouble. Now, when you look at some of the other games that are up there too, uh, we didn't get your thoughts. Let's circle back. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, three and a half point spread uh, for that. And let's make sure I get this uh, right from a totals perspective. Open 46 and a half down to 45 and a half. Yeah, no surprise here. I think this Mississippi State team is very good. I know they had the one hiccup at LSU, but they just had a second half collapse and give the Tigers credit. Never easy going into Death Valley. And even though that was a day game, not a night game, I, I thought it was a, um, a good job by LSU to come back in this one. I like this offense. Um, they're just, to me, with a ton of experience back. I could make a case that Will Rogers and company are probably the second-best team in the SEC West. Yeah. Um, I know Arkansas has played well up until the game against AM. JVT, the problem I have with AM is this. Their I, offense sucks. You're 100% <laughs> correct on that. You look at outside of A-chain, they right. don't have anybody. Anaya Smith is down for the year with a broken foot or ankle. You saw that happen, unfortunately, in the Arkansas game. And you could tell by the severity of the injury, he was probably going to be out for a long time. He gives them that perimeter guy. Evan Stewart trying to emerge, but they don't have quarterback play. You can recruit all the guys in the world you want, but unless you go get a quarterback, Haynes King we know wasn't the answer. Max Johnson's not the answer. They don't have that consistency. I think Will Rogers is good enough. But here's the bigger issue with AM. It's the offensive and defensive lines. If you go back to the App State game, they got pushed around completely by Appalachian State. They were not dominant against Sam Houston State. I thought Miami, if you look at the statistics, they were obviously the better football team. The Razorbacks, and this team was mentally soft. Other than that, the Razorbacks should have won that football game as well. This is an AM team that could just as easily be one and three as they are three and one. I think going into Stark Vegas, they're in trouble here. Now, lines up at three and a half, a little bit of a number where it becomes precarious delay. But if you are a person that may play a money line play, I would take Mississippi State here. I, I like the Bulldogs a lot at home. All right, one more game I want to get your thought on here. And I think so. We've talked a lot about some of these teams in terms of evaluating them from a statistical standpoint. 
you have to weigh them a little bit because of the competition that they have faced. Right. Like I took my shot against Minnesota this last weekend with Michigan State because I thought Minnesota's offense is great, but we're talking about three points on the road against conference opponent. Schedule hasn't been great. Maybe they're a little overvalued here, and they blow out Michigan State. So it's wrong in that assessment. Where I was kind of right, though, was Michigan. Michigan is a team that statistically had just beat the crap out of, what was it, Colorado State, UConn, and Hawaii. Okay, congratulations. Averaging 50 points per game, topping the statistical charts almost everywhere. Then you get a little bit more of a consistent and competent Maryland team, kind of more back and forth. You eventually pull away, you win that game, but you don't cover. That one closed at 17. They're laying 10.5 on the road against, this is what I know, Iowa is a great defensive team. I don't know if they're going to be good offensively, but I trust this Iowa Hawkeyes defense in terms of containing a little bit what Michigan brings to the table offensively. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this game up. And you and I are kind of opposite on Michigan and Michigan State. I had the Wolverines a little bit higher than they should have been. Instead, I should have realized they were playing a college basketball schedule. And this team is not maybe as good as I thought because if you look at it, I thought Talia Tangabaloa and company were really moving the ball effectively. They turned it over twice. If you don't, you're going to win that game, arguably. Uh, Absolutely. And remember that big turnover before it started. You gave Michigan seven points, uh, you know, eight seconds into the game. Yep. Uh, So for me, you mentioned it going on the road. Look, let's start with the wart on this Iowa team. Spencer Petras at quarterback. Here's the one thing. We expect him to throw the ball into the dirt on third and 10. But if he converts any of these, this Iowa team, watch out. You mentioned defensively, number one in the nation in points allowed. 23 points allowed. They are elite defensively. And I think that's where they're going to be able to really hang their head. All I know is JBT, having been around the Big Ten for a long, long time, I've seen a million teams going to Kinnick Stadium and wind up with a tough game, a tougher game than they want. I would take the Hawkeyes in the 10.5. It could get to 11 here. I'm not saying Michigan doesn't win the football game, but I got to tell you, J.J. McCarthy in this offense did not impress me in that game against Iowa, excuse me, against Maryland. Now you got to go against an elite, and I mean elite defense in Kinnick. This is a way for Iowa to salvage all their problems that they've had so far, just play well one game. And J.J. McCarthy, I think, is uh, clearly the starter for them. Yes. Uh, but hardly tested as a passer, right, when it comes to the downfield passing attack for the Wolverines. And uh, you might have to unlock that here a little bit against Iowa if your run game gets stuffed. The McCarthy's been solid, but a very limited sample size. And against Maryland as a passer, he actually was not that great. I, you bring up a great point because I think if you're uh, – Iowa, you want to slow down Blake Corum, which I think they'll be able to do. They're only giving up 73 yards per game. And then you make J.J. McCarthy and Ronnie Bell beat you on the perimeter. I'm not convinced that they can completely do that. I like the Hawkeyes here getting the points. I'm going to hate myself, but I think this is my second most uh, anticipated game. Give me TCU and Oklahoma and give me give me Iowa and Michigan. Dude, I can't believe we still got to wait 72 hours for this. Let's go. All right. Uh, all done. Dave's going to be back tomorrow. Until then, VEASAN.com is the spot. I'm all be back here as well. We'll see you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.